This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. (laughs) Boy! Thanks for finding 90 for Chill, the podcast with Cat Bus Russ. This is your host, Cat Bus Russ. If you want to get an idea of what could possibly be on the next episode, follow me on Letterboxd. My username there is CMDarth, as in Cookie Monster, Darth, Cool Movies, Darth. What I was trying to get over before all the other podcasters I know decided to just leave me with Cat Bus Russ. And if you want your Amazon Echo or your Google Nest device to play this podcast for you, just ask it to play. 90 for Chill, the podcast with Cat Bus Russ, and that should get you there. So enough of the formalities. This is kind of a follow-up to last week's conversation that I had with the Poetic Critic in regards to not so much the gold diggers of 1933, but our conversation about the Super Mario Brothers movie, which was one of the movies I thought about seeing. The problem was, I think I needed more stuff, so I had to watch a movie beforehand that I think better fit that theme. I could not, or I just didn't really want to watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Maybe I'm just saving that for another podcast with the Poetic Critics since we've covered that together. The first one, I should say. What I decided to do was to watch Nobody from 2021 to prep myself for John Wick Chapter 4. So I wanted to see both these Super Mario Brothers movie and John Wick Chapter 4 in theaters. I just felt that I was uh, going to get more out of John Wick Chapter 4. Maybe it's the adult in me and I'm not so much of a kid as like I was trying to sell myself last week. So we're going to review. Well, I'm going to give a quick review of Nobody and then I'll get into 20 minutes about John Wick Chapter 4 and the awfulness that can come with the cinematic experience. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hey, I have an idea. How about I make that lasagna that you love tonight? You know, from scratch, like I used to. I used to work for some very dangerous people. They came after my family. Stole my kitty cat bracelet. And you don't do that. Give me the kitty cat bracelet! It's been a hell of a day. Nobody. In theaters only April 2nd. Rated R. So I'm trying to fit this in between air conditioner cycles. My review for Nobody from 2021, starring Bob Odenkirk, uh, Christopher Lloyd, the RZA, and. You know, this just answers, what if John Wick was a comedy? And, you know, it's not a, it's not bad. It's what you, what you would be hoping for. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think, like, the story, well, this is basically, so, our main character, uh, Hutch Mansell, uh, played by Bob Odenkirk, relapses into his old FBI, CIA, DEA, auditor uh, mode. And we're talking auditor as in accountant, as in Ben Affleck uh, movie type mode mindset. 
uh, after a home invasion of his uh, house with his family that he's started upon retirement. And he just feels emasculated, goes after those people, and couldn't really get anything out of that, but a bus invaded by Russian mobsters just looking to screw around and possibly rape a woman triggers him. He gets his freedom back, but at the cost of starting a mob war with the Russians. So it's really, again, very much the same plot as John Wick when you stop and think about it, but this focuses more on a guy just really coming to terms with the fact that he's this person, uh, that it's a facade, even if he's doing the right things, living a normal life. And I think it celebrates it more. John Wick never wants to be the person he is, while our uh, Odenkirk character longs to be it and is just looking for an excuse. And as for me, it really kind of hits home as for uh, a little big explanation of my wrestling career, in a sense, at least before I got under the tutelage of Danny Daniels. It was basically... Uh, I worked my ass off. I know that in a legitimate fight, there wasn't anybody on the local scenes that would take me. So why am I playing a chicken shit heel? So, yeah, I really kind of dug that. Um, and I have to acknowledge there is a scene my little brother warned me about where they play the Liverpool song, uh, You Never Walk Alone, which might be the best song in all of sports, at least to be associated with a club. Well, I'm sorry. It's no go Cubs go. So, so, uh, as for the action, it really is as realistic as you think it can. Now, I think Bob Odenkirk probably didn't take the time to learn all the, uh, stunts like Keanu Reeves did. And that kind of makes sense because he has his weaknesses. He is a 50 something year old man in this feature. Uh, if you want unbelievable, that's when Christopher Lloyd is a savant with a shotgun in the movie. <laughs> so, um, as for the direction, it I can't, uh, basically, I don't dare try to pronounce the name right now. It's the same guy who directed the underappreciated Hardcore Henry. And I think it kind of holds, like, his frantic style of action, um, Kind of requires a little more mayhem to be as effective as it is, but he does a solid job with it. Then there are some just brilliant action set pieces that you know he excels with, like a car being pushed by another car into a bus into gunfire, and it's just how our character gets through that is just, I mean, chef's kiss. So... Yep, uh, Nobody, I think this is a great way for me to walk into John Wick 4. So, this is all comedy, pretty much. I mean, comedy with very effective uses of claymores. Um, while John Wick, this is the thing I have with people who, when I go see Fight Club, and people just laugh at every possible funny thing. No, it's not supposed to be laugh out loud funny. And that's the humor in John Wick. It's more of, yeah, keep it, you know, just appreciate it, not laugh at it. So 
Here's to hoping I have a minimal screening of John Wick Chapter 4, audience-wise, so I don't have to possibly worry about that. And now, a feature presentation. Oh, for very well. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some snacks. This hit goes out to you, Mr. Wick. Welcome this morning. 42 regular, wasn't it? Yeah. And so it begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in this time behind enemy lines, so I got mine. I hope you Challenge you to single combat. If you win, you'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I'm gonna take what I want, so. Amen. The only way John Wick will ever have freedom and peace is in death. Yeah, not really. And I've just gotten back from getting around to seeing John Wick Chapter 4, which uh, it was a great time. Uh, the well, I will say that the AMC Theater in Champaign does a crappy job of making us comfortable. So, long story about this. I went to see a 415 showing in Savoy, Illinois, and just got caught behind a woman, an old lady. You know, being environmentally friendly, at least, uh, in a Prius going 10 miles less than the speed limit as I'm trying to navigate from my home in Urbana to the uh you know to the wet basically the east side of champaign urbana all the way to the south side usually everything's supposed to be a 15 minute drive in this town so uh curse you so i get to the theater i figured okay i'm running five minutes behind and i see at least 10 minutes of waiting in the lobby to get a ticket for the movie i didn't want to be that i didn't count a three movie that's been out three weeks to have a lot of trailers so i went did some shopping realized some screw-ups with that and i'll get those resolved but then um tried to go and see it in champagne at the amc because they're the only ones who had a middle picture you had the four and then the nine in savoy and then you didn't have so this is the only time i could get a six-ish movie so i ended up going and dealing with 20 minutes of trailers in the meantime though they leave the lights on so when you have trailers for evil dead rise or the stephen king adaptation of the boogeyman these totally lose effect and i would if i was a studio i would be very pissed at amc if this is what they're doing throughout the country i prefer goodrich and well it's not Goodrich anymore, at least in Savoy, it's Phoenix, but I digress. So 
Oh, do we really need all that detail? I don't know. It's going to be a shorter episode this week, so... But the crowd, but fortunately, I guess I would say the noise, the volume of the uh, sound was awesome because you couldn't hear, because we had a, an eclectic cloud coming in 15 minutes late. Um, so I was worried, oh, great. No respect for the genre, for the cinema. But sounds so good, you couldn't hear anybody else if you wanted to. So I don't know if it's a credit to the sound of the theater or just the sound production of uh, the feature. So uh, the movie essentially starts where we left off. John Wick's got himself prepared to go. And his goal uh, with the sponsorship of Lawrence Fishburne's Bowery King is to basically wipe out the high table. And he's so he goes back to Africa to start with that but as it turns out the high table just wants to get rid of john wish wick not the person the idea of him the baba yeah so what their thing is to do is they go and destroy the new york uh, continental to declare it uh, condemned and kill the concierge so it's basically leaves Winston, the manager, trying to figure out what to do. And after Wick tries to hide out in Osaka, it's determined that he can't possibly kill everybody. And the Marquis has decided to send in the blind assassin Kane, played by Donnie Yun, to bring him in. And in the meantime, there's a guy who's just trying to build up the bounty on John Wick. Basically, him and his dog are trying to eliminate anybody who wants to kill him just to build up the bounty so he can eventually take it. And so John Wick's got to figure out how that he can actually just take care of the Marquis and possibly get on the high table to end all of this or at least get his freedom so that's the feature it's two hours 40 close to two hours 50 minutes and hey it doesn't really slow down at any point it's basically they knew going into this movie like well can we really make five movies out of this so we'll make one long ass movie and I think it was the same idea with three like that three is two hours 15 two hours 30 and yeah they left that one open-ended this one it's over well at least for john wick there's this post-credit sequence i don't know if we can go in that direction but uh i'm definitely gonna buy a ticket if we do so i got everything i wanted from a john wick movie um it's like this is ends the story and um of john wick so it's going to be the ballerina or the continental series to keep things going keeping this world alive maybe we could use five years off from this just a suggestion so we don't get burnt out but let's go over the feature though the let's just say it sounds awesome uh their direction is solid and even better than uh I'd say the last two volumes, you get a great sequence when um, 
basically John Wick's gotten a hold of a white phosphorus shotgun taking on people, and they basically do that with drone-type footage, very much akin to uh, Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, uh, with how they shoot everything overhead inside a building and what have you. Um, the villains are... Uh, Bill Skarsgård is the marquee, and I kind of wish he would have... Basically, I kind of... He's just another version of the villain from the second movie, so I kind of didn't want chicken shit. I mean, yes, Donnie Yen's a great person to put him up against, but I would have gone a little more um, random. Like, this is where you try finding Jean-Claude Van Damme um, and putting him in there. Maybe he's too much, too much of a name. Um, I know Scott Atkins, I think, is in the movie. Um, so there's a, but there's a lot of potential, a lot of, a lot of, basically I just wanted somebody a little more known only to action movie fans. And maybe John Wick's used that at all. The series has used that all, uh, with Mark Dacascos, uh, Ru- Ruby Rose giving a great mo- movie, Common getting it. So it could have still been done, um, and maybe it should have been Bill Skarsgård, but, um, and, um, the acting is all on point, uh, Natalie Tenya from Game of Thrones, what I know her best from, I know she was in the Harry Potter series, but, uh, is great as a, as the heir to the Belarusian family that Wick came out of. And when I say that, it kind of brings up, like, well, I really could have used some of the characters we established in the uh, previous movie. I mean, yes, it's great to have Clancy Brown. Oh, okay, there we go. Christopher Lambert could have been in here. Um, but, and it's it's silly. I don't think Bill Skarsgård is taller than Clancy Brown. Uh, so it's kind of weird that they framed everything to make so. Which kind of, again, defeats the purpose of having a chicken shit if he can't actually do the fighting. So, um, but you kind of wish you had characters who made it out of the previous movies alive. Uh, Common, the, um, auditor, I believe was her name in the, uh, in chapter three. Or could you, it's, um, I mean, geez, Tony Ja. I mean, again, somebody who could, Donnie Yen's great, but Donnie Yen is a blind assassin. Eh, I kind of saw that in Rogue One. So, but hey, nothing wrong with taken from Rogue Rogue One. So, um, it does everything right. I think is um, the most important thing um, with what they have. Uh, there's some weird fight sequences, some weird villains. Like we have a fat German who's actually pretty effective, and this kind of movie makes me wonder. Oh, here Yoki Sonata. Um, I know him immediately from Westworld. I think he may have been in the last uh samurai as well. Um is great in this as the Osaka manager of the concierge of the Continental there. It's um and th- the violence is also pushed to an extent because again, as established in chapter three, when the high table sends people, they are going to be armored beyond anything comprehensible today um so that was a so the the so the action like it led me basically thinking okay 
John Wick would scare me because I don't fear people who throw punches. Uh, you know, it's basically, well, I'll take you down if I can't punch with you. Now, somebody who's just can't wait to grab you and use a long range weapon at the same time. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I'm backing up with my gun firing and it, hopefully there's no wall behind me because I'm going to hightail at the moment I get a chance and hope he doesn't shoot at me. Um, so that's that's how I would handle John Wick. I wouldn't. <laughs> but it's good to see somebody you can fear and actually look like it. Like when I say, oh, don't get in close with him because then you're screwed. Well, that's what Steven Seagal tries to sell himself on. And it's like, yeah, no, I'm not really worried. Well, his Aikido doesn't look good. So, um, yeah, it's not really effective because there's a lot more close combat. It's not just bend the wrist, make him hobble over and then spin it. And like, no. So, I mean, this is still the pinnacle of action features. And I kind of needed after nobody all this close up hand to hand combat. Which, again, appropriately for nobody, uh, they don't actually do a lot of hand-to-hand. You get one sequence of Daniel Bernard, and then it's basically, yep, let's fire at each other throughout. So, it's a good, um, it's just a good story. I mean, they're able to, I, I guess it you could say it kind of starts a little slow, establishing the Kane character through the... Osaka Continental sequences but then everything makes sense and you actually get a great tribute to the warriors in it as well as um, to ensure that John Wick can't fulfill his obligations they go and uh, basically they up his bounty to 20 million dollars to start and you have somebody over the radio just announcing it to all the hitmen to get the wicked man in black before you can make it to the church. And it's just a fun sequence. Then you got the closest thing you're going to get to, I think you'd say a stairway, I mean a hallway fight with uh, John Wick trying to get to the climax. Um, so there's just, um, it go and we got even more globetrotting. It all concludes in Paris. We do get to go back to New York in bits. Uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, the Bowery King, gets a little more development, and he doesn't really have that much screen time. I do again the characters I missed from the previous one, besides the auditor. You have, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think you'd really uh, need to, need to bring Angelica Houston back, uh, but or is Jake, Jason Man, Jason Manzukis, you know. He could have just been babysitting the puppy. Maybe that's what he was doing. Deleted scenes, I hope. So, um, it's a, just a it's it's the conclusion. This is a conclusion to a story. As I say, I want to see more of this universe. Um, but you know, after so much time, like if you're gonna do the Continental series, I think it was supposed to be on Netflix, and I know there's controversy because Mel Gibson was the guy they were gonna put in it. Um, then, yeah, just do that. If they're going to do the ballerina at the same time with Ana de Amas, I really want to see that, but let's, let's kind of pace it out. Um, I guess, I guess the fear in Hollywood is just the 
idea that you're going to lose interest if we don't keep bringing up new content, maybe even an oversaturation of content. Something to talk to the poetic critic about, I suppose. Um, but if it's about sat- oversaturation of the product, uh, the market, where's my Star Wars movie? Come on. One movie, cancel one Marvel movie. See, I said it, cancel a Marvel movie. This year's lineup of Marvel movies, eh, I can't really see anything that I would cancel. I'm curious about the Marvels, and I like Ant-Man. How could you not like Paul Rudd as a superhero? And I watched Loki, so I'd get it. And uh, the remaining one would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and if you follow me on Mastodon, Rusty, at Russ Stevens, at Mastodon.social, you'll see how me post the trailer for that uh, movie, which I ended up seeing, gosh, probably a dozen times at C2E2 because that's the only commercial they use before anything, which is weird. I mean, better than C. I think it was C, the uh, Apple TV show without uh, with uh, Jason Momoa about a society where everybody's lost their sight. And um, so, yeah, I guess with the Marvel state, state it's a good year. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I do have to catch up on that stuff. That's the thing about uh, C2E2. It's like, come on, Russ, you know you need to see Wakanda forever. You know you need to see... um... Oh, Thor, Love and Thunder for the sake of the Guardians. Like, So, there's some stuff on the queue. Maybe there... I get one week off. Well, I don't know what my schedule for uh, 90 for Chill the Podcast looks like right now, I suppose, because um, I haven't taken a week off this year, and I do 50 episodes a year, so I'm I'm free. I get two weeks off. Uh, I don't know where I'll take those. Uh, probably when I'm in London uh, in June for the Cubs, and uh, I guess I can just pick a time, but... Uh, Yeah, tough, tough, uh, tough to think of what to say next. Um, so, but no, what I was getting at is, well, then there's going to be at least one week where I can watch nothing but two hour stuff or with modern cinema, two and a half hour stuff. So I guess that's my older sister, the poetic critic said last week, like you can't let John Wick qualify for the podcast, the franchise. And it's like, no. You get to, you get ninety minutes to sell me on a movie, a hundred minutes, what have you. After, if you sell me on the movie, you can expand. Let's go and bit get bigger. And I think John Wick just did it right. They could have, you know, what what you want a fifth movie? Like we're really pushing the story past the third, I suppose. Like they're really like the second the second chapter was a great chapter. Like, okay, well, John Wick's obviously got to get himself out of this pickle. And then you think of the trilogy, it's like, well, how's he going to do that? That could be the third movie. And then, you know, knowing that this series is freaking awesome, they push it to a fourth and they did it right. So definitely a recommend. Uh, I would say see it in theaters. Again, 
I mean, I don't like to promote the cinema experience because of so many pretentious directors out there, uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, primarily. Um, it's like, or I say watch it digitally and catch a Fathom event. I know AMC does those, and I know Savoy does. Um, the Phoenix Theater in Savoy. Uh, that's where I see my Mystery Science, uh, sorry, Riff Tracks. Um, yeah, I would say it's worth, what am I going to put down on this movie, really? So, it was a $20 experience to see it in theaters, and I'll probably look for that steel book to come out. So, there's another $30, $35. So, this is a $55 movie. Maybe that's how I should rate movies. Is it worth $55? Clerks 3 was worth $55. So, actually, they sold the steel book on that rather cheap. Like, maybe they made their money back on the Fathom, I suppose. Um, so, so yeah, um, I'll probably do an intro bit um, establishing this episode. But while I'm just going on, and we'll just wrap her up, I suppose. Uh, all the formalities, I should say. Uh, thanks for listening to the 90 for Chill the Podcast with Cat Bus Russ. And if you want to help this show out, uh, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Five-star reviews, please. I will reciprocate. Just looking for the numbers. You can be as honest as you want in the text. But if you really want to be honest about the show, follow me on Twitter at CatBusRuss. That's a lot more fun than... I haven't slipped into much political discourse lately. Thank you for Mastodon for being a better social media network again. At Russ Stevens at mastodon.social there but i have a tendency to slip into that if i see something um some douchebag jumping on a political somebody a compassionate politician and uh yeah i'll go after them so i'd rather go be you know if i want to hear people talk crap i'd rather it be about the show so talk all the crap you want at cat bus russ on twitter um otherwise looking for guests still i've got some openings uh the next couple of weeks with uh wednesdays evenings so if you got that time that'd be great sundays are always good as well uh just um send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com offer me a movie a director an actor a, a theme and let's, you know, make a slice of fried gold, as they say in Shaun of the Dead, which is still qualifies. So, come on, somebody, like, I'm not going to deny us the entire Cornetto trilogy. And if you can't come up with a sub-100 minute movie, hey, I will figure something out. I still haven't broken Mila's foreman, but we will get there. So, uh, thanks for coming back to 94 Chill, the podcast. All I've got left to do is thank you, uh, Stacia Harden, which, hey, this movie does talk about the afterlife in a sense, or a relationship to it. I feel life is actually a constant. We, I don't know when I was born. I don't know when I was born. I don't suspect I'll know when I actually die. I think I just live on. And I believe that was Stacia, that she's been living on, looking after everybody she cared about in her life. And I thank her for doing that and being an inspiration to keep making myself a better person. And as long as she's taking good care of the one-eared angel Skimble, 
I think everything is almost right the world. But this is 2023. It's not an election year. So I guess we'll just coast on that for the time being. Thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is Cat Bus Russ signing off. And if you got to put my uh, something on my gravestone, loving entertainer, I suppose. Because, you know, be it my pro wrestling, which again, this kind of uh, movie double feature that I talked about in this uh, episode kind of brings that back, the violence, the you know, but if you're not a mute, but if the violence doesn't entertain you, it wasn't worth it. And then you got my screenplay, Made of the Dead, Zombies, Pro Wrestling, Independent Scene, Comedy, come on. And now you have the podcast, so. All right, enough, enough morose-sounding stuff. Uh, thanks for coming to the 90 for Chill, the podcast, and we'll be back next week. Can I hear a wahoo?